Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Frederick Zapone coming to you from the great state of Texas, though I don't know if it's that great because we got an attorney general, Don, here, who is suing four of the states up north, including my old state of Pennsylvania, because he doesn't like the way we approve the votes for the election. And so, uh, anyway, we're not going to talk about that. But uh, we, <laughs> most of the Texans, Texas, <laughs> and by the way, this attorney general, Don, here, uh, has a felony indictment against them, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. Uh, but we are going to talk about controversy, but we're not going to be controversial. By the way, on the line, I have my co-host, uh, Bob Stanton from Milford, Connecticut. And tonight's topic is how to deal with controversial people. So my first question to you, Bob, is how do you deal with controversial people? Uh, okay, um, that's, a, that's a great question and a, and a quick one. Well, you know something, I'm not a controversy person. Like, I, I mean, I, I get involved in that stuff, but I, I'm not a, uh, I guess I'm not a head-to-head kind of guy. You know, I, I'm more of a, you know, go along to get along guy. So, you know, when, when controversial things come up, I have a tendency to pick my side. I make a statement as to like how I feel about, you know, a certain subject, because typically controversy is rooted in feelings. Okay. Um, very rarely is it rooted in fact. It's mostly feelings. Okay. And um, and from there, I actually, I de-escalate from there. So the, mo- the, the major escalation for me is to basically tell you how I feel or how I think. Yes. And then from there, you can tell me how you think but I will listen to you less and less if you, you know, if you become really emotionally charged about it. So when you, I, yeah, I've seen you state your opinion and I've never responded to them. Most of them I have not agreed with, okay. <laughs> especially when you got into the political arena, but that's fine. But, 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 but I like your style. So my question is, okay, so you, you, you're not a controversial person, but you do state your opinion strongly. And, and then you, if people start giving you a lot of grief about your opinion, you start to de-escalate. Now, when you say you de-escalate, does that mean you don't respond to their post if they're uh, disrespectful or what does that mean? Well, if we're talking about in like a, in a social media aspect, yeah, exactly. I will literally just stop responding. Um, in, in a face-to-face situation, I will basically start responding to only the things that I want to talk about if you will okay <laughs> you know in other words um uh you know I'll, I'll try to change the subject i'll try to get away from it and it's not so much it's a little bit of avoidance you know like i, I just honestly don't want conflict and uh and second is i'm a um i'm a big time value guy and i i, I can very quickly identify whether or not something's worth it to me Okay. And uh, if the conversation is not worth it, I'm not going to pursue it, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, just, just a conversation that makes you feel good is typically worth something. But if in doing that and feeling and making yourself feel good, you have to make someone else feel bad or you have to make, you know, someone else angry with you or what have you, it's, it's just not, you know, it's not worth feeling good. You can find another way of feeling good. You know, there's, there's better ways of doing it. That's just true. That's true. Yeah. There, there they go. Do you hear them? Yep. I, I, <laughs> yes. The welcoming I, committee that back there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and the and the boys aren't back, uh, folks. 
we're, we are recording this uh, from uh, Texas and from Connecticut. And uh, since uh, we are the probably one of the smallest podcasts in the universe right now, doesn't mean we won't be one of the largest, but since we're one of the smallest right now, we record, well, I record it from my bedroom. Bob, on the other hand, is much wealthier than I am, and he drives from his home to his office, and he records from his podcast studio. He actually has one. I don't have one. Tell us about your podcast studio. Well, it's uh, it's a nice little room off of, you know, it's in my office. It's the back of my office, and uh, we've got some some nice sound absorption panels on the walls just to kind of keep some of the echoes down. We've got a reclaimed wood table here. We've got a, you know, a little roadcaster uh, mixer. And I'll run through, you know, our wonderful laptop. We have three microphones, although we, and three headsets, although we don't wow. have else here in the, mm-hmm. the podcasting studio. We do have the podcasting studio well equipped for others. Um, we even have a camera that we can actually set up um, in short notice if we wanted to stream video out of here as well. And not just a camera, you know, built into the the laptop, but like you know, we actually have a camera that will cover the room. Cool. So, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, oh, well, yeah it's so- a nice little room, you know. And I, I, I kind of dim the lights a little bit and kind of come in here and, you know, bring a cup of water and and relax. Well, you know, with technology so amazing because you have that studio and all I have is my headset and my iPhone, and yet we're able to do this podcast recording with a fair degree of of of, of um, sort of want to use of uh, quality. I mean, obviously not as high quality as we'd like, but you know, a fair degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, which reminds me, I don't know if you've seen this cartoon going around lately. Do you remember the the original? I mean, well, I'm talking about the original computer. Like it was like it took up a whole wall or took up a whole room. Remember that? Like the ENIAC. Is that what it was? The ENIAC took up an entire, yeah, a couple floors. Yeah. So, so somebody said in this cartoon, I think actually they, 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 they referenced that the ENIAC. They took up, you know, this whole wall and a couple floors in terms of the, uh, you know, this for the backup, all the data and that. And somebody said, who would have guessed that 30 years in the future that we would be able to have all the features that the original computer had that was as big as a room, even even more features than that computer had, and we could do everything we wanted to do while pooping on the commode. <laughs> right, right. That's true. I was actually told that the iPhone of 19, of 10 years ago, the iPhone of 10 years ago had more computer capacity than the whole NORAD Defense Command had in 1969, which really is quite amazing, you know, to say the least. But, um, but yes. So, um, and it's anyhow. and 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 its use was to um, to to throw Angry Birds at pigs, which, using all that computing power. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you ever you ever play the game on your phone, Angry Birds? Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is how long? How, how long ago? Yeah, you mean the new one or the old one? Yeah, the, the yeah the first one that came out was probably the only one I played. But what a it's a deeply satisfying game. It's it's got everything you want. It's um, you know, it's got some action. It's got some noises. It's you know, it's fun. But the graphics are very good on. It. I mean, yeah. it's really quite amazing. And actually, I understood. I don't know if this is true, but I heard that this the original Angry Bird was created by a thirteen year old kid. Is that true? Do you know that story? I do not know that story, but I would not doubt it. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, very young genius types who are very rich because they're they're really uh, schooled in uh, computer programming, which I'm not. Do you have any background in computer programming? You're any good at that? I do. Yep. Oh, I, uh, cool. 
Yep, I'm actually one of the. Uh, I'm actually a uh, an oddball computer programmer because I used to do. Uh, I used to do web design. I used to do web applets. I used to do Perl programming. You know, um, a little bit of uh, Java, a little bit of C I still do some C but more for my my business. Um, but the interesting thing is, I am one of the few decaffeinated programmers. And that means? I have not had caffeine since 1990. Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess, well, programmers, I guess that that can be pretty stressful, intense work. And I would imagine they need a lot of caffeine to keep them going at times. Yeah. You you get looked at strangely if you walk in. (laughs) <laughs> to a to like a to a pro a room full of programmers and you're you know you're going to do something and they're just like oh you want coffee no nah, i don't drink coffee and you're the only one that doesn't drink coffee yeah they look at you they look at you, really i don't drink coffee no nah. <laughs> i really so, I'm not a caffeine guy so yeah well have given that you're i, I actually did not know that about you that you have a background in, in coding uh have have you ever made a, a an app for a mobile device uh i have not have you ever thought about it uh, I have considered it. I certainly considered it back about six or seven years ago. I considered it and um, I started putting together a framework in which I actually brought a another company in who was mm-hmm. like a friend of a friend. Okay. Uh, basically because I realized, you know, once again, I'm very good at time value, meaning right. kind of where is my time best spent? Is my time best spent learning how to program Xcode on a on an iMac or is my time better spent doing what I'm good at and telling these guys you know what they need to do and and I'll tell you what the app was it was actually very cool it was um it was it's a, a original job which of course you know nowadays is done almost automatically its original job was to allow people with cameras or camera or camera phones to be at an event, typically a wedding. Mm-hmm. And um, at that event, there would be a centralized computer at the front of the, you know, the, at the front of the, you know, event at the, you know, bride and groom's table or what have you. And as you took pictures of people at your table, those pictures would automatically upload and show on the display in front of everybody. Almost like immediate live, right? You take the picture and you can immediately show it to the, to the people in the room. Exactly, exactly. And of course, um, there is one thing that comes with weddings. It comes with every wedding, no matter what. Alcohol. That's true. So uh, the other thing that we were actually, uh, that we were talking with a couple companies with was um, to, to actually scan the images and videos on the fly. Meaning, basically, when the video or the image came into the, to the machine that was going to serve it up, it would actually scan it. Oh, sorry. It would scan it with a piece of software that would actually check for, you know, um, bathroom pictures. Oh, really? Yeah. So you could actually filter out some of that, you know. You couldn't filter all of it out, but you could certainly, you know, uh, make it not so, you know, easy to to happen. Oh, well, it makes sense. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, do you think it still has uh, uh, potential today or not? No, I don't think it does. I honestly think you could you could just as well put someone's Instagram up on the front now, and everyone posts to it, and it's done. You know. Well, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? So, uh, of course, we fell way off topic, and uh, I apologize for that. Um, and we are at our twelve-minute mark. So, um, 
I'm not really sure what to do with. Look, folks, when you listen to our podcast, you never know what you're going to get. It's uh, what did uh, uh, Porscom say about chocolate? He had that quote about chocolate. Like, you like a box of chocolates. Yeah, it's like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. And it's kind of like we're a box of chocolates. And when you listen to us, you never know what you're going to get. Anyhow, this is uh, Frederick is the pwn. Uh, don't call me Fred, because if you do, I'll say Eric. That's Frederick Sapone uh, coming to you from Texas with the Easy Living Podcast with my co-host, uh, Bob the Robert <laughs> Bob the Robert Stanton. <laughs> he hates Robert, so we have to go by Bob. I don't I, hate it. I just re- I respond to Bob better. Yeah, I understand. So were you called Bob all your life? I mean, wh- when did... Were you ever formally called Robert, and when did it become Bob, or has it been Bob all your life? Um, I'm only called Robert by telemarketers. Ah. <laughs> it's the easiest way to tell a telemarketer is calling. If I pick up the phone, they say, Robert? That means yeah. you don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah, I used to get, uh, well, I'd get, you know, when I was young, my name, my mother called me Fred all the time. I didn't like that. I liked Frederick. I wanted Frederick. It sounded more mature and manly. But when she had something she was not pleased with me, um, she called me John Frederick because that's my first name. She said, John Frederick. And, you know, as soon as I heard that, I knew to run the opposite way. Uh, you know, that's interesting. There's, there's a lot to be said about names. Uh, and I, I think I'd like to do a show about names at some point, how names affect people. You know, names in some ways are affirmations and self-fulfilling prophecies. And also the initials in the name. For an example, I had a client years ago, and I, I know we're running over a little bit, but I'm going to just end it with this a short story. I had a client years ago out in Palm Springs, California, who came to me. He was recommended by somebody. And he had this real issue, and, 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 and he was a nice guy, and he had a nice name. His name was Albert Samuel Shepard. And I didn't think twice about it until he told me what his issue was. And his issue was, was the initials of his name. Think about it, Albert Samuel Shepard. And that's what they called him all through school. His initials, ass, Albert Samuel <laughs> Shepard. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, it was it was horrible. I mean, and it, and it followed him into his business life to some degree. And, and I had a laugh because we, we had a long conversation about it. I mean, this, this was like, this was very traumatic for him. And I said, well, I got an easy fix for the you. I mean, so you, you, you are over 21, obviously. He's in his 40s. I said, you're over 21. You don't need anybody's permission. Why don't you go and change your middle name to something different? Like, you know, uh, I don't know, like Albert Robert. You know, uh, Albert Robert. Now, Albert Robert Shepard, whatever. Any, any other name other than S, you know. And yep. he, the, thing, the funny thing is, he, like, he lit up like a Christmas tree. I never thought of that, which takes me to the, my final thought, which is sometimes the most difficult problems have the simplest answers. Absolutely. That being said, this is Frederick from Texas and Bob from Milford, Connecticut. Say uh, goodbye, Bob. Goodbye, Bob Frederick. Frederick. We'll talk, to you <laughs> talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>